Well, God bless you. We're so glad you're here. I'm Pastor Paul. It's my beautiful wife, Elizabeth. We're so thankful for you. I want you to know we're praying for you, believing for breakthrough for you. And I've got a, I've got a pretty fun message. I want to say it's fun. It's always a relative, relative term. You know, have you ever had your parents want to tell you something and they think it's so fun, but it's really not that fun? Uh, that's not this. This really is fun. Okay. <laughs> anyway, because I think it is. 1 Samuel chapter 17, if you've got your Bibles, get out your Bibles, 1 Samuel chapter 17. And I think I take this for granted so many times that everybody knows this story, and I think that most do, but we're going to talk about it again today, and it's going to take me all, all the, my message to get to my point, but I have a point, and it's something that I had never seen before, and I love David. David is one of my favorite people in the Bible. Um, I, I love many. I love many of the, the uh, different passages. One of my favorite passages is in James. Um, but one of my favorite people to study is David. Now, we're going to talk this morning about David and Goliath. If you don't know who Goliath is, Goliath is a big, huge dude. Ugly, big, huge. It's arguable that he was between 6 foot 9 and 9 foot 9. I, I was reading this uh, this week. Looks like he was probably about six foot nine, but some of them say nine foot nine. So let's just imagine huge, like Weaver plus about 200 pounds. You guys know Weaver, my bass player, taller than Weaver and big. Weaver's a skinny dude. I think Goliath was a, a big, nasty, gnarly guy. He would come out, and the children of Israel were at war. And this big guy came out to the field and said, look, we're going to reestablish how this war is going to be fought. I'm going to come out, and you're going to send another man out to me, and we're going to just fight mano a mano, and whoever wins, wins. Now, first of all, I've preached a whole sermon saying we do not let the enemy dictate how the war is fought. Do you hear me? You do not let your enemy tell you how the battle is going to be. If you do, you're already in trouble. But this guy came out, said this thing, and scared the entire Israel army to death. They went and hid. They went and stood behind rocks and talked about, man, this is awful. What are we going to do? And this went on for 40 days. This guy came out saying, who's going to fight me? No one's going to fight me. We're going to pick it up. In verse 17, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17. Now, this is going on, be going on. Uh, 40 days. Now, I want you to know that David's family, his brothers, three of his brothers, are at this war. David's back home. Now, I also want you to know David has already been anointed as king. He's just not king yet. He's back out in the fields watching the sheep. You know, it's funny how God works. God calls us, and then sometimes it doesn't happen right away. We get sent back out to watch the sheep. God, what are you doing? Don't worry about what I'm doing. Keep doing what you've been called to do. Go serve those sheep. So, let's pick it up in verse 17. One day, Jesse said to David, now Jesse is David's dad, take this basket of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread and carry them quickly to your brothers. And give these ten cuts of cheese to their captain. See how your brothers are getting along and bring back a report on how they are doing. So what just happened? Can we just simplify this all the way down to the ground? Dad's telling son to go do something. Son, I want you to stop what you've been doing and leave and go do this. And what did he call him to do? He called him to go serve his brothers. 
right? Go take your brother's cheese, give me a report about how they're doing, and come back. It's just what a dad would do. Go find out how my kids are doing. They don't know what's going on with this big doofus coming out and yelling, saying, I'm the, I'm the giant and I'm going to whoop your butt. Right? They don't know this. Dad's saying, I want to know what's going on. Go feed my kids. They may be hungry. And come back and tell me how they're doing. Right? And David does. David goes. I want you to catch now in verse 20. And I'm going to just be jumping around. It says, so David left the sheep with another shepherd. Now, again, this speaks so highly into my spirit because so many times we think we can't leave what we're doing. That the sheep are going to die. That the world's going to come to the to an end. I can't leave what I'm doing because what I'm doing is more important than what I've just been asked to do. What I'm doing with these sheep are more important than going and serving my brothers. Can you catch this? I want you to apply it to you when the Lord calls you either by an absolute word of God spoken right into your heart, but normally by your authority, speaks into your life and says, I want you to go try this over here. And we have a rejection. We reject it and saying, wait a minute, what's going to happen to the sheep? And I want you to notice he was replaced by somebody. didn't matter. He got replaced. I want you to know that I could leave. I, something could happen to me and this church do just fine. Because God is the head of this church. If God called me and I'm like, God, I can't go, what about the church? We haven't achieved everything we're supposed to achieve. God, I can't do it. I, what would happen here? You know, I know you really know what you're doing, but I, I don't know that you really know because I know. Thank you. My thought exactly. Do you hear me? So David left the sheep with another shepherd. I want you to grab this. Someone else can handle your responsibility. Someone else can handle what you're doing. And we hold on to it for fear. We hold on to it because of excuses. We think the world will stop if we leave. Now we continue on to verse 23. Uh, and verse 23, I'm not going to show you. If you've got your Bibles out, verse 23 says, Then he talked with them, and there was the champion, the Philistine of Gath. David shows up. On the, on the battlefield, he's walking up with his plate of cheese going, man, where's my brothers? Where, where is everybody? And David had perfect timing. He just happened to show up, and it was the time that Goliath came out that morning to say his thing. And David's going, okay, where's my brothers? Where's my brothers? And Goliath st steps up and starts talking. And David all of a sudden is like, who is that? What did I just hear him say? Is anybody else listening? Where is everybody? Why are y'all hiding behind the rocks? He hears what's being said. He heard Goliath for himself. Now, I want you to know, he's been out in the fields. He's been tending to, to the sheep. He's been writing songs. He's been praying to God. He's been getting his heart right. And he's been battling. Do you know what David did out there with the sheep? He was killing lions and bears. Lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. Way to go. I didn't know if y'all would get that or not. Lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. You wonder where they get that from. That's where they got that from. There were just no tigers. But David was out there whipping stuff, preparing his heart. He didn't know that's what was going on. 
but preparing his heart. So he got out there and he heard this guy talking and it rubbed him wrong. This doesn't line up with my heart. This doesn't line up with my spirit. I hear something that's wrong. It's why when, when Elizabeth said that she had a word, you need to write it down because sometimes it's your word you've, you've written down and you look at it and think, well, I need to weigh this with God's word. Wait a minute, this is wrong. Or you take that word you've written down, weigh it up with God's word and say, no, this is right. I can follow this. David hears this word and immediately in his spirit says, um, something's wrong. Now I want you to know he had already been anointed. Prior to Jesus coming and going and ascending into heaven and the Holy Spirit being poured out, in that day, the only people that had the Holy Spirit were the prophets, the priests, and the king. David had already been anointed the king, so he had the Spirit of God, and he could recognize that is not from the Spirit of God. Now, I want you to know how we relate to David is the Holy Spirit's been poured out to us all. We all have that. You are walking with the Spirit of God. And if you will listen, when a Goliath shows up and starts talking, you can say, uh, something's wrong. Amen? Are you all with me? So, he showed up and he heard, and he immediately asked, who is this guy? Starts asking the other warriors, or warriors, the guys behind the rocks, the other soldiers, who is this guy? Let me tell you, when David shows up, he's the warrior. If you don't know about David... David is the warrior. He just doesn't know it yet. He is. He's going to be the guy. Shows up and says, who is this guy? And he calls him an uncircumcised Philistine. And let me tell you, I would say that's about like calling somebody the worst name you could ever call somebody. Think about the worst name you could call somebody. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? He doesn't even have the right to talk to me. Coming, on, coming in here and telling me how things are going to be. Why are you listening to this guy? Do you realize he's an uncircumcised Philistine? And you're hiding behind the rock. And they tell him, well, he's coming out and doing this every day, and the king has told you. That David says, well, what happens if I kill him? Well, you get to marry the king's wife. You get to not pay taxes for the rest of your life. It's good. I'm good. You're going to get blessed. Well, why are you all back here? And while he's talking to these guys and hearing this report, his brothers walk up. And his brothers are like, what are you doing here? Go home, baby. David, baby David. Said he was cute. The word of God said he was pretty. Good looking and little. Baby David, go back home. Can you imagine? You've obeyed your daddy. You've walked out, something's not sat right now. Here comes the ridicule, not just from somebody, but from your brothers. Anybody here have your family give you a hard time? I ran into somebody this morning as I was just sharing my story, and they were sharing their story. And uh, uh, this person works with my sister, and both my sisters are older. A lot older. And I was that annoying brother. Baby brother. I said they were older. So I can relate to older siblings saying, why don't you just go back home? He's, the, the brother said you're full of pride and deceit. You're just here to see the show. You're just here to see the fight. And David's like, what the heck? I'm here with cheese. I got snacks. I came here to serve you. 
and I just got struck up a conversation because something doesn't feel right. I wasn't even talking to you, brothers. But they gave him a hard time. His family gave him a hard time. Then we jump all the way to verse 32, and he talks to the king. He goes to the king and says, don't worry about this Philistine. David told Saul, Saul's the king, I'll go fight him. I want you to know in your life, when you come up against a giant, you have to fight. He's not going away. You have to fight. He responds, I'll fight him. Then the king says to him, don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy and he's been a man of war since his youth. Now his authority, now the people over him saying, you can't do this. I don't care what it feels like in your spirit. You can't win. You can't do this. Can you see that when we face challenges, every demon cheerleader from hell is going to come out and try to talk you out of it? From the beginning, from when daddy says to go do it, you've got reasons not to. For when you show up, you've got siblings and family saying not to. Then you've got people in authority that are, should be full of wisdom saying, you shouldn't do this. Who are you going to listen to? I want you to know David learned how to listen to the Lord. David learned how to listen to the Lord. This would have been too easy to give up. He's rejected. And you know what he does with, with uh, Saul? He gives him his testimony. Go back and read uh, 1 Samuel 17. He goes to Saul and says, King, I've been out in the fields, and when bears show up, I rip them to shreds. When lions show up, I tear them up. And Goliath will be just like those bears and lions. And you know what Saul says? Okay, go do it. But before you do, let me give you some stuff. And he gives him his armor. He gives him his armor. Verse 38. Saul gave to David his own armor, a bronze helmet and a coat of mail. And do you remember what happened? He put it on and it was too heavy, it was clunky. It, it said in the word of God it hadn't been tested. It hadn't been tested. Now I want you to know when you go up, a, up against a giant, the world is going to try to equip you with world's tools, with world's weapons. You're going to try to grab hold of them. You're going to try to see them and say, ooh, that would work. And the Lord says, no, 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 no. I have blessed you with a talent, and you are to use that talent according to my word and according to my purpose. That's all it takes is you, is me, and God. That's all it takes. And the training and the word that I've got in your heart. What you've been doing, I've been preparing you for this right here. Don't grab hold of what the world's doing. Saul had a good heart. I mean, he had a, he had a good intention. Of giving him his stuff. And you know what David said? David said, this guy's going down not by the sword, not by the shield. This guy's going down by only by God's hand. And that's what I'm going to show up and do. Are you hearing me? This applies to you. You're facing giants. This is how to be a giant killer. Everybody say amen. Okay. So the world tried to change him. But God used David, his talent, his training, his heart, God's equipping. So, he shows up to the battle. Goliath walked toward David. Now, the ridicule's not over. Here it comes again. Goliath walked out toward David. 
with his shield bearer ahead of him. Sneering in contempt at this ruddy-faced boy. Verse 43, am I a dog, he roared at David, that you come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Uh-oh. Oh, no, you didn't. You could have said a lot of things, but not that. Come over here, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals, Goliath yelled. So what happens? This is verse 44. What happens? David, from home, left, found out the report, heard what the, what the giant was saying. It didn't set well. He said, I will fight, but I'm not fighting with your stuff. I'm fighting with my stuff. Now, what I didn't tell you is he went out, got a slingshot, and got five stones. I don't believe he, he thought he needed five stones to throw five at the giant. I, there's, been, there's been studies that show that there were other giants out there, but Goliath was the one out front. So he's got his stones, he's got his stuff, and it says that he runs. He runs to the battle. I want you to catch what he does. Before he fights, this is what he does. He speaks. David replied to the Philistine, You come to me with the sword, the spear, and the javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of, the, of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today, the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people. But not with the sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. And Goliath moved a little closer to attack, and David quickly ran out to meet him. I want you to know that when God called Abraham, Abraham didn't wait a week and pray over sacrificing his son, he got up the next morning and went. David, when he was called, when he knew what was wrong here, and he could see that the king has given him permission to go fight this battle, he ran. There's no time to think. There's no time to wait. I'm called. I know what to do, and it's time to go. Now, if you're standing and you're facing addiction, if you're facing a broken marriage, if you're facing your children falling by the wayside and going in the wrong direction, it's time to get out the Word of God and speak the Word of God. My children shall be blessed. It says that uh, uh, I shall possess the gates of the enemy. It says that my seed shall overcome, that I have the blessings of Abraham over my children. When my children hurt, yes, I talk to them. I try to give them wisdom. I try to help them in every way that I can. Then I put it down, and I start speaking the word of God over them. Whether they can hear me or not, I'm really not trying to get in their ear. I'm trying to get in God's ear and in Satan's ear because it's time for you to leave. When I'm facing addiction, when you're facing these things, then it's time to cut that thing's head off. Quit playing games. Quit playing games and chop the dude's head off. Speak to an addiction. Speak to a drug. You have no authority over me any longer. I am going to walk by faith. I am going to speak the word of God, and I'm going to get people around me to help me. And we're going to fight this thing, and I'm not quitting. I'm running to the battle. I'm not running away from it. If you run away from it, it'll come and find you. 
How many of you know when you ever move towns trying to get away from your problems, your problems somehow find, find, your, find that town too? You ever noticed? You try to get away from this set of friends, then you move over here. Next thing you know, you got that same set of friends. It's just they just have different names. Can anybody relate? You got to deal with your issue. So he ran to the, to the battle, and we know the story. Takes the slingshot. I'm sure Goliath's thinking, what is this? The most anticlimactic battle ever. Wasn't a bunch of running around and poking and kicking. and It was... I'm sure the guys were asleep back there eating their cheese and like heard a thud, kind of like a 1.2 on the Richter scale. What just happened? David's standing there like that cute little boy he was, and the giant's laying dead. The, the stone is stuck in his head. They might could have said, ah, David didn't do it. He had a heart attack. No, the stone is still stuck in his head. David goes up, picks up the enemy's sword, chops his head off. <laughs> How do you like me now? Right? And what happens? The nation of Israel, the soldiers of Israel are awoken. They wake up. It says in verse 52, the men of Israel and Judah gave a great shout of triumph and rushed after the Philistines, chasing after them as far as Gath and the gates of Ekron. The bodies of the dead and the wounded Philistines were strewn all along the road from, uh, from there to there to there. Do you see what happens? When we follow God, it awakens the city. David just showed up to serve cheese. Cheese. And he awoken the city. David, no different than you and me. But even more so than that. Saul watched David go out to fight the Philistine, and he asked Abner, who is this guy? He awoke the king. I want you to know, if you want to see our nation turn around, start following God. One person can awaken the king. One person can turn a nation around. One person. I want to tell you a little bit more that, that David, and it, it, uh, it continued, we'll find out who he is, the king said. But I want you to know what came out of this for David. David finished talking with Saul, he met, met with Saul, and he met Jonathan, the king's son. And there was an intimate bond between them, for Jonathan loved David. Now, we're not going into this story today, but this friendship between Jonathan and David is one of the most precious friendships in history. One of the closest brotherly friendships ever. Out of David, I don't want to get to it. I'm, let me show one other thing that he got out of this. And from that day on, Saul, this is 18, 18 verse 2, kept David with him and wouldn't let him return home. So where did it all start? 
the whole direction of David's life. Yes, he was anointed by Saul. Yes, he was anointed by God, by Samuel. Yes, he was called by God, but he was out serving in the field. That had not come to fruition yet. David was still just serving. David was still just doing his job. He was just going to the factory and doing the factory job. Right? Just like you, you get up every morning and go do your job. But what happened was daddy said, son, I want you to come over here, and I want you to go and take this cheese to your boy, to your brothers, and bring me a report. What happened? The father asked the son to do something. It was out of David's obedience. David obeyed his father, and he served his brothers. Can we make this just as simple as it can be? He heard his father and obeyed him and served his brothers. And I want you to know out of that simple act, his entire life was changed. He did not know he was going to kill a giant. He did not know he was going to set the captives free. He did not know he was going to make a best friend. He did not know he was never coming back to the sheep. He had no idea what was happening, and, and he was ridiculed at every turn. But he hung in there with it. I want you to know that the Holy Spirit, what David had that everyone didn't have in that day, we all have. Those that have asked for the Lord to be your Lord and Savior, you have that Holy Spirit. You have that voice that is trying to lead you to that, to that moment that David had. Every one of us. Every one of us has the potential of what David did in Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 17. Every one of us. We're in such a crisis right now over our politics, over our nation, over our, over our children. Uh, my wife is doing all this research and, and uh, over these, these uh, um, babies that are born into drugs, that, that it stems from family. It all starts back to family. We can turn it around. We just have to listen and obey the Father and serve our brothers. Obey the Father and serve our brothers. That's all he did. Everything else was laid out for him the rest of the way. He showed up to the battle. They didn't try to strap him in and, and, and uh, what do you call it when you're put in the army and you didn't ask to? A draft. He wasn't drafted. He didn't show up and say, ooh, another fresh body. Throw him out there. No. He showed up to serve the, the cheese and heard the guy talk and said, I know what to do. When the church shows up spirit-filled into an into a enemy of giants, you know what happens? Uh, I know what to do. I know what to do. No, you don't. Yes, I do. Nah, you're not the right person. You don't, you, you don't say the right things. You don't know the right things. Uh, yes, I do. Can I tell you? I kill lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. Really? Yes, I kill lions and tigers and bears. And that's, uh, th this thing will do the same thing. I know just how to do it. I know you're scared to death. I get it. But I know what to do. And then they say, okay, go ahead. And then you have to go. What you're facing, you can handle. God's word says his grace is sufficient for you. And that you're never tempted more than you can handle. Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. You know what? I don't. But the Lord of heaven's armies does. And he knows how to handle it. How did David prepare himself? He was in the field working. He was, he was learning the Lord. 
David wrote a lot of those psalms out there, out there in the, in the fields. He was talking to God. He was pleading with God. If you ever read David, David says a lot of negative stuff. And then he comes back with precious, tender stuff. I love him. He, he's kind of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. God, make my enemies gnash their teeth and rot, rot. Make them rot. Oh, but I just love you, Lord, and just save me. I mean, I just, I love David. I can relate. Right? He's kind of on both sides. Uh, these guys are mean. Go ahead and kill them, God. But, oh, you're so good and so precious, and I just love you so much, and I know you're with me. Uh, David, there's a lion. Oh, okay. Hang on. It's time to be a giant killer. And God's equipped you. God's equipping you. God's equipping you. Let's have some victory. What are you facing? With your marriage, God loves marriage. God hates divorce. God loves marriage. God hates divorce. Yeah, you don't know my wife. Uh, God does. And he's brought you two together on purpose, for a purpose. Don't you run from that battlefield. You run to it. You run to it. And you start speaking over your spouse. Speaking God's word over your spouse. And then get to fighting. You know what I mean. Enough of your worldly fighting. Get to godly fighting. There is a way. And it's good. God can rescue the unrescuable. God can save the dead. God can raise the dead. God can turn something that would never have life and bring life to it. You may say, Pastor, you don't know where I am. No, I don't, but I know a God who does. And he can rescue you from anything. Amen? Silver and gold have I none, but what I do have I give to you. And this morning, I offer to you the Spirit of God. Would you receive it? Amen. Y'all stand up with me. I just want to ask you right now as I close the service and close in prayer, would you open your spirit? Would you just open? It says, lift up your gates, O you, uh, lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, that the King of glory could come in. Church, I want you to know that it is so easy to put the walls down on receiving right here. And you have to tear those down and just say, okay, these things that I'm facing, I can't do on my own. There has to be some, I've got to get some help. And I want you to know that help is right here. For you to say, just to say, Lord, I let, my, I let my wall down. And I just ask you, Spirit of God, to speak to me. To lead me and guide me. And Lord, I commit for this week to get into your word. To be praying and to let you know the issues that I'm having. And to spend a little bit of time listening. And Lord, when you speak... Help me to write it down and to confirm it by your word and to confirm it by other um, Christians. And Lord, let me run to that. Let me, let me run to you. That song we sing, and oh, I'm running to your arms. This is what we're doing. We are running into the Savior's arms. He is your answer. This God thing may be brand new to you. I want you just to, in your, in your mind and in your spirit, just run to the Lord. And just say, God, I've tried it every way and this isn't working.
I run to you today. Save me. Speak to me. Fill me. And show me how to cut the head off of this giant that I'm facing. It may be anger. It may be rejection. It may be depression. It may be cancer. It may be a a lost self-image. You may have lost your job. It may be being the provider for your family. You name it. These are giants trying to kill you. And the Lord says, no. I have come to bring life and life more abundant. The Lord would say, I want to give you abundance of love, joy, peace, provision, healing, wisdom. Lord God, right now, we just open up our hearts. We just open up our spirit and say, Holy Spirit, come and lead us. And as you do, we're going to be in your word and we're going to be looking for you. And Lord, you're going to bless us. Thank you, Lord. We just praise you. Father, we just praise you. We just praise you, Lord. You are so good. Your ways are so good. Your plan for us is so good. Just bless your holy name. In Jesus' name. And everybody said...